Hello and welcome to Cutting to the Bull in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben. I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And the long-awaited return of Mr. Gareth Benson. Hello. The prodigal son hath returned. I will give you a round of applause while I'm holding my phone in one hand. Hang on. I will... uh, cock in the other. (laughs) (laughs) I will... um, I will keep the casual racism to a bare minimum. <laughs> Why should new, year, <laughs> new year, new me. Oh. Yeah. What, have you gone woke? Nah, fuck the China virus. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. For a second, I thought you were going to sort of take a knee and raise a fist or something. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yes. That's a no. I've missed you all. Hello. No, no knees for me. I think it's a bit patronising when, you know, people like me do it. It doesn't affect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what fucking use is it if I go into the warehouse tomorrow and go, oh man, I'm going to take the knee. <laughs> Before the start of every shift. I mean, Facebook a picture of it. Oh, hashtag woke. Anyway, on with the show, Ben. Right, Mike, if you wouldn't mind reading out some new and returning listeners, and then we'll crack on with some weird news before we start talking about today's topic, which is the birds aren't real movement. I have to admit, I'd never heard of this. Escaped my attention. But it's a doozy. It's a meme that, well, to become a meme by its nature like means it's like infiltrated like culture, hasn't it? But yeah, it's quite a common conspiracy thing. And the guy who created it is a little genius, but we'll get into that. Sorry, not the guy who created it, the guy who discovered it and uncovered it. Right. Well, we'll decide anyway. Okay, that's fair enough. Mike, do you want to do the new and returning listeners? I can. We have Milan, Italy, Adelaide, Australia, Krasnyarsk, Russian Federation, Madrid, Spain, Zagreb, Croatia, Jakarta, Indonesia, Vancouver, Canada, Accra, Ghana, Ostel, Georgia, Buffalo, New York, Middletown, Pennsylvania, Scott City, Missouri, Keswick, Canada, Dublin, Ireland, Thomasville, Georgia, Guadalajara, Spain, and Telford, UK. Telford, Tarp. Again, lovely. Teen pregnancies and listening to Cutting Through the Bull. Don't forget grooming gangs. Oh, uh. <laughs> it's just well, it's what a place to be. It's, it's just a fact. <laughs> right, weird news then. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Biologist believes he'll reverse the aging process with two hundred-year-olds playing football. <laughs> now this is from the Daily Star which as we all know is the only source of true news in the UK mm-hmm. a top scientist has revealed that he believes we aren't too far from finding breakthrough drugs that could see the human lifespan double allowing people to live longer in good health 
dramatically slowing down the aging process, resulting in 200-year-olds playing football could be a genuine possibility, he claimed. Well, I imagine Messi playing for 200 years. <laughs> Surely you're going to get older still. I mean, you're going to be 200 years old and running around the pitch like a 30-year-old, are you? <laughs> yeah, you might be alive. Exactly. Yeah, you're saying you might be alive and well, but you're not comparable yeah. to a 27-year-old athlete. You might be kicking it about in the garden with his kids, maybe. He's not going to be playing for Barcelona in the Champions Finals. If he's 200, he should be grateful <laughs> that he could fucking get right on a fucking mobility scooter or anything, man. Like, fuck me, I'm 200. <laughs> All right, then. Perhaps not 200 years, but certainly maybe a, maybe 100 years he could be playing. Who the fuck would want to live 200 man? Can you imagine <laughs> I know. how fucking fed up I would be by the 150th year? <laughs> I'm waiting I'm for death now. I've spent 20 of them in COVID lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, new music still shit. <laughs> uh, 150. New music at that point would be anything within the last 50 years. Oh, it'd, be, oh, it'd be a living nightmare. I mean, you'd, be sad, you'd be like Captain America, man at a time, a man who can remember, you know, like, Two different time periods. Yeah. Not so for me. Like, oh, I remember tapes. And everyone else said, what the fuck's a tape? Yeah. I still don't understand how tapes work, really. I don't understand how a sound is on a tape. No. Do you know what I mean? And I certainly <laughs> don't understand how a sound is on a record. I mean, I mean, how... <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Fuck, smell my own brain. They are just plastic, there's no, no circuits. <laughs> it's like you always fantasize if you're back in time, you'd be like living like a god because everyone would think you've got magic powers. But when it actually comes to describe these things in detail, you're like, uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> How does electricity no work? <laughs> Come on, future man, Gaz. How does this thing called electricity work? Well, I don't fuck. Do I? You fuck it in the fucking wall. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go and find that Edison prick. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, would you want to watch 200-year-olds playing football? Well, maybe for half just, an hour. It could be the special... There could be, like, a speciality league, couldn't there? Like, all your favourites from 200 years ago. <laughs> Shearer, Ronaldo, Messi, all together for the first time. And they're just about, you know, like when they have them charity matches on telly, England versus the rest of the world, and they're all a bit fat and, like, you know what I mean? It's a bit embarrassing because they're wearing, like, normal fitting football shirts. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be like that. Father Ted, all priests, over 75s, five-a-side football tournament. Yeah. what it'd be like. they just all be dodging around. <laughs> there is actually a football team, isn't there, with a combined age of a back four of 300. And yeah, but the... they lose every game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've got like, the biggest losing streak ever. And he says, we're fine up to about 60, 70 minutes, and then their legs go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Well, apparently, the average life expectancy in the UK is 81, which I refuse to believe. 10 years older than the worldwide average. That's not right. It might be. There's a lot of old cunts in this country, though. There yeah, is. it might be. I think that's average men and women. I think men's 78, women's about 83, 84, something like that. They live a bit longer, don't they, bless Yeah. 
less stress. Yeah. So this guy is called Dr. Andrew Steele, and while he's not expecting OAPs to start looking like teenagers, he predicts a drug that will identify the root causes of dysfunction as people get older, preventing the usual health issues the majority of us tend to experience as we age and slow them down or even stop them completely. So arthritis, joint pain, hip problems, brittle bones, I assume something to do with your brain. Some scientists do believe that the first immortal human has been born already. Is he out fighting with swords? <laughs> <laughs> no, but by the time like he reaches 70, which or 81 is the life expectancy now, it'll be the life expectancy will be 100. By the time he reaches 100, it would have been extended to 120. By the time he reaches 120, it's extended to 150, so on. Where are we going to put all these old fuckers? We haven't got enough. There's not enough space as it is. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a massive problem, isn't it? Well, coronavirus is seeing to that, isn't it? Ah, mm. yes, the boomer remover. They're not boomers, are they? They're no, old. no, they're not. I'm just, I just like that name for them. <laughs> Octogenarian removenarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't joke. It nearly killed Jeremy Clarkson. National treasure. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's come out today and said he was uh, quite concerned because he's had pneumonia twice and he smokes like a chimney. He's going to die alone in a tent at Christmas. <laughs> but he didn't. I didn't think he still smoked. I think he'll smoke until he's fucking... You know what I mean? I think he's one of them... Or maybe he doesn't, I don't know. I don't know, either way. I know he used to, because he you'd see him on Top Gear sneaking one occasionally when they could show that on BBC. Well, here's the thing with this, like, say they keep Messi's body going, but they can't, like, maybe they can't rejuvenate his brain so much, so he'd be a bit useless on the pitch. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, man on! Huh? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, after he's been tackled, then he's like, I remember man on. <laughs> oh, well. You used to be good, Messi. Yeah. You've let everybody down now. You used to be good, old man. What happened to you? Oh, fucking 200 good. and some cunt kept injecting me. <laughs> they kept me alive. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, I think that's it for that. But apparently, ten years the next the anti-aging drugs will be out in ten years, so we can start taking them. Let's hope for us yet. We'll be like forty-eight. Mm. Oh, just in time. Yeah. Mm. No, it depends how my life's going, mate. I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ask me when I'm fifty. <laughs> <laughs> that's a valid point. Like, now nah, I've had enough now. Uh, right, well, strap me up to one of them euthanasia machines I'll take it now uh, don't you want another 10 years nah nah <laughs> Not I've been hoping there's going to be an asteroid impact yeah. for the last five yeah alright <laughs> yeah well it's, I read a comic once where like nuclear you know war ravaged the world everything was dead and the only thing left living was the Hulk and a bunch of nuclear powered like cockroaches and he lived this horrific cycle of just Wandering the earth, the cockroaches would attack him, eat all his flesh until he turned into the Hulk and then regenerated and killed them and then turned back into the old man and just kept walking because he's immortal, basically, because he, the Hulk won't let Banner die because every time Banner's nearly dead, he changes into the Hulk. So what, I'm, what I'm saying is living on forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Being immortal might not be all it's cracked up to be. No, no, that's not fun. Getting your skin eaten by radioactive cockroaches on a daily basis. You just stop fighting at one point. You just lie down and let them do it, wouldn't you? He just cut the hook, won't let him die. <laughs> He's yeah, like, oh, oh, fuck. So I might as well just fucking lie here, yeah. He's like begging the hook, like, please, next <laughs> time, just fucking let them eat me. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Please. <laughs> uh, well. That's a heck of a dark future. Mm-hmm. Glad I'm not the hook. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the first blast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Moving um, on. Or- yeah, next one. Super rats immune to poison may cause rodent explosion in Britain. Well, no shit. If they're immune to poison, of course the population is going to explode. (laughs) Britain faces an explosion in rat numbers during 2021 with three quarters now immune to pest control. We need to improve poison, don't we? Clearly. Jenny Rathbone from website pest.uk uh, said it's very worrying because this hybrid resistance means some common rodent sides simply don't work. This, together with a bumper breeding year, means we're in for a heck of a ride in 2021 if we don't have a very, very cold winter. So it might not be cockroaches that are eating you, like maybe super rats. <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't know which is worse. It might be immune to poison, but they're not immune to fire or machine guns. <laughs> Deploy oh the God. army. What to hunt down rats? Yeah. Well, if it's going to become that, right now, I was going to say if it's going to become such a problem, they're going to overtake. You know, like it's going to be an issue to us. I say we're in, we're unsafe. I want the army in the street, even if it's rubber bullets. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> the no, streets are overrun with rats. Yeah, that's gory. Then the cleanup would be a lot easier if you use rubber bullets, wouldn't it? Mind it's you, I don't know. Cool. You're the you're the gun expert. If I shot a rat with a, a rubber bullet at a decent distance, would it still explode? It well, could go pretty, straight they're through. They're pretty rat. nasty against people, aren't they? They don't, don't go through you, though. I don't know. Somebody out there. Yeah, someone <laughs> so, find out. Shoot a, a rat at close range with a, a high-velocity <laughs> rubber round and see, let me know if it explodes or not. Probably would. Mm-hmm. We can release a super genetically engineered cats. Uh, now you're talking. But then we've got super genetically modified cats out of control and breeding. What do we do when they're out of control? Well, then we introduce <laughs> the super genetically engineered dogs. <laughs> and what about when they're out of control? No, you just put out a tin of tuna and now you've got a genetically super modified cat friend. <laughs> yes. I mean, if he ever gets annoyed and takes a swipe at you, you'll bleed out. and <laughs> <laughs> Missing a limb. <laughs> we just eviscerate you while you sleep. Oh God, I hate rats. Yeah, me too. But I don't, I don't like the idea of just releasing genetically modified bigger animals into our ecosystem. <laughs> <laughs> so where does it stop? It's like, well, to stop the dogs, we release some wolves. And to stop the wolves, we release bears. <laughs> oh, what about the bears? By this point, they're 20 foot tall. <laughs> Super apes. <laughs> we just need to call the Pied Piper. Ah. And they'll, didn't they all follow him into the sea? No, he didn't go in the sea, did he? But he led them into the sea. 
or off a cliff or something, yeah. Something, something like that, wasn't it? But then, then he took a load of kids. Oh, did he? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that story. Because they, <laughs> they didn't pay him, so he took their children. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, Christ. Deal's a deal, isn't it? <laughs> Fucking eight people who don't pay when they say they're going to. <laughs> <laughs> Here's oh. a fucking deal. <laughs> Come on, people, it's only the firstborn. <laughs> you shouldn't have signed the contract if you couldn't afford the payment. Yeah. Read the small print. Yeah. Well, like I said, flamethrowers. I'm down for flamethrowers. That'd be awful. Imagine the scene, the noise, the smell. Because then there'd be flaming rats running around all over the place. <laughs> well, I think they went really wrong. They started crawling up everyone's legs and <laughs> setting everyone's uniforms on fire. And oh, fuck this. And because they disperse because they're on fucking fire, it, it ends up spreading. Like, you get the second great fire of London. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Now that I think about it, I don't think a flamethrower is the correct method. What if we were in, like, tanks with flamethrowers and we lured them into an open area. Yeah, they're still going to run off like mad, aren't they, and get into all nooks and crannies and buildings with their backs on fire. Yeah. And potentially, you know... Wouldn't it be easier... I was going to say, wouldn't it be easy just to clean up the the dirty areas and make sure there's no rubbish lying about? Oh, you commie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fun, would it, Mike? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> but that would involve your government giving a shit, and they don't. So we need the army and fire. <laughs> no, not fire, not fire. Fire's not going to work. I think we should try the fire. Acid. Acid, Acid? could work. Acid yeah. cannons? How fucking awesome would that be? But we've got to lure them all out into an... You know what I mean? You can't... Just pour acid down the drains, can you? I'm sure that's not good. The no, probably environmental damage with that. You might just create a super mutant rat. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I still claim to this day. I mean, it could have just been a hornet, and I'd never seen a hornet before in real life. But I captured what I describe because it was. I was near to Ironbridge, where the power station is. I know it's not a nuclear power station, but it's still a power station. I I still claim that it's a mutant. It was a mutant wasp. It was massive. <laughs> Obviously, oh, okay. feeding off the coal radiation. From the <laughs> I mean, coal. Anyway, Thanks it was fucking look me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are they going to do about these rats for real, Mike? What the fuck are they going to do? Are they, did it say? No, basically. Shit. Just Shit. as homeowners have been urged to block up holes in brickwork, <laughs> air bricks, shed doors, and cellars. That's oh, it. <laughs> oh, that's so reassuring. Yeah, hey, guys, safer. you don't want any little holes or little gaps in your house because basically rats that are immune to poison could find their way in and eat your baby's face, you know. <laughs> so, unless you've got the stomach for it, because like I said, poison might not work, but stamping on them and smashing them with. I saw live rats for the first time in my life, like the not pet ones, like street rats. I've never seen a live one before until December last year. They ran one run out. From the it was horrible because I heard a rustling noise in the leaves on the floor, and a fucking rat just darted across the path. And I was like, ah! it, like, like a real, like, it felt like a Neanderthal instinct in me it was like, ah! get away. And then two others came flying out, following it. And like, so I just got the shit scared out of me twice, basically, by the little bastards. 
And I was thinking, I think that's not just me being a pussy. I think there's something primeval about little scurrying, horrible things that like we're just like, ah, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I can go with that. Anything that scurries, that's... I don't like. Rats. Ooh, they're pretty Spiders, big, you know. They scuttle, scurry and scuttle. Yeah, something primeval, but oh, I don't know. Stay away from me, rats. <laughs> Do right. Right, what's the last one? Again, animal-themed. It is. Quite as terrifying as the last one. Meet the snake man, who lives with 120 pet snakes, 70 spiders, plus bald rats and lizards. Bald rats? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> uh, makes rats are a bubble. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. He's got a collection of pets so extensive he spends several hours a day cleaning some of his animals. Some of his animals include venomous pythons and large tarantulas. Mr. Upkins, the snake man, has turned his own home into a zoo. Uh, uh, right, right, yeah, 120 snakes. He's appeared on TV and organised shows for celebrity birthdays and he is known for his work with animals. His house in Lanelli, in Clanelli, Wales, is also filled with bald rats, lizards, cockroaches, frogs and... <laughs> Fucking Noah's Ark, in it. Hell's like the seventh circle of fucking hell. <laughs> Jeez, can you imagine the smell? Oh god, uh, you taste it from here. If you saw him on the street, though, you probably wouldn't know how he spends his time. Reports Wales Online. Geraint with his well, Geraint. I don't know how you say that. It's a Welsh name. Geraint. We'll go with Geraint with his Welcome wife away. Yolandi. <laughs> say it in a Welsh accent, though. <laughs> what Yolandi? Yolandi. Yolande is definitely not a Welsh name. Anyway, <laughs> no. they've got so many animals, they spend several hours a day cleaning up shit. Lovely. His journey began with one snake, which he borrowed from a friend. He borrowed from a friend. And he used to make <laughs> charity during events. Can I borrow your snake? <laughs> I'll bring it back, I swear. <laughs> but it wasn't until he met his wife, Yolande, with their collection eventually grew. I started borrowing a snake from my mate, and then, of course, I met Yolandi, and now we have hundreds of snakes. Oh, of course. Now, what a storyteller. <laughs> what a storyteller. He certainly painted a visual image. The pair estimate, one day I had one snake, and I met my wife. We've got hundreds. <laughs> I love it. Explain it, mate. <laughs> I love it how he estimates. He doesn't even estimate. He doesn't even know how many he's got. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> oh, God. Well, they've got 70 fucking spiders, Burmese pythons, al albino pythons, a Mexican red knee tarantula. That doesn't sound good. And a no. salmon bird eater. A fucking spider called a bird. This man... That spider wouldn't be here if less people weren't importing them and having them in tanks and like, oh, I'm so clever owning a fucking red kneed pink bird eating tarantula. Oh, get me, you twat. Let's <laughs> be in this country. What if it gets out? Oh, yeah. And just escapes into the forests of Wales. And one day you're walking your little fucking Jack Russell and the next thing you're face to face with, I don't know what one looks like. <laughs> <laughs> These people should be forced to live in a tank with their creatures. What gets me, though, is like, is you get someone that like, oh, yeah, I've got my pet tarantula, and it's like they treat it like it's a cat or a dog. It's like, no, it's a fucking spider, mate. It'll eat you, give him the cheek. It'll bite you. It's not a cat. It's not domesticated. It doesn't love you. 
it goes on to say you can never really trust a snake. They can often just have a really bad day. And then he says, <laughs> snakes are definitely my favourite. <laughs> People don't realise how amazing they are. I just live by and around them. <laughs> oh, my God. People, you have to wonder, you do have to wonder about people like this, don't you? You know what I mean. Insane yeah. people. Because they're never... <laughs> There's always something a bit off. Yeah. If you ask me. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> About spider people. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be stranded, would you? Having to use, knock on his door, ask to use a guy's phone or something. Oh, God. No, he's got bald rats running around the fucking house. <laughs> I'm going to Wales again. I know there's a red knee tarantula living there. <laughs> and what? a bird eating one. Yeah, bird, that's the worst one. Bird eater, come on. Some birds are pretty big. Yeah. Even if it eats small birds, fuck off. The small yeah. birds are pretty big in comparison to a spider, though. The spiders in our country eat little tiny fruit flies, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't live in some horror land like fucking Australia or some horrific rainforest. This is England, don't you know? And our spiders don't eat fucking birds. I've just got visions of this thing getting out and like yeah, walking down the street and there's like several seagulls caught in a web in a tree. God. God. What if there's an earthquake or something? Oh, no. <laughs> fucking all the cases open. Yeah. This guy's in a, he's in a fucking yeah. death house. <laughs> <laughs> Venomous snakes and spiders. Oh, God. It's just a... Yeah. He's lying there, like, underneath the tables, bleeding, and he's like, oh, my snakes, get help, and I just bite him. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Slowly eats his face. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What a maniac. Deserves it. So, this is the birds aren't real movement. Would uh, anyone like to say anything before we start? Um, it's a bit cuckoo, this one, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think it's any more cuckoo than <laughs> any of the other subjects we've covered. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. Anyway. Yeah, I'm going to take this from their official website and their story, birdsaren'treal.com. Um, going back to 1947. 1947, the CIA was founded, its sole responsibility, to watch and survey tens of thousands of Americans suspected of doing communist things and, you know, providing counterintelligence, but mainly spying on people. That's what they do best. It is. And garroting people from behind. And deposing democratic governments of other countries. And assassinations. Creating false flags. Putting explosives Selling in co- Del Castro's cars. Facilitating the cocaine on the streets of Los Angeles in order to fund <laughs> illegal operations in <laughs> Southern America. Oh, yeah, on that. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> That's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly, they've got a bit of shit on their hands, haven't they? Oh, the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of, bit of, bit of red in the ledger, as they say in Avengers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, in 1953, Alan Dulles was made the first civilian director of the Central Intelligence Agency, 
and made it his mission to ramp up the surveillance program, hiding cameras in thousands of locations and ordering his staff to plant them in areas that would be impossible to detect. Although in all fairness, you know, this is the 1950s and I'd imagine that the cameras were rather large. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Not, well, huge, in fact. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of the Simpsons episode where Homer has to wear the, the camera inside the giant cowboy hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, oh yeah, make it in and out in 15 minutes or you'll suffer permanent neck damage. I don't know, though, you know, because... Maybe because you know how the army and that they've got access to tech like 10, 20 years before we do. Yeah, so that's true. I was watching uh, the making of Attack of the Clones on uh, YouTube the other day, which I believe came out or was made in like 99, 2000, somewhere around there, 2001. Somewhere around there anyway, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, George Lucas has got FaceTime technology to like talk to the people shooting stuff in Australia from his ranch in uh, wherever Skywalker ranch is in America. He's got literal screen FaceTime. Like, we didn't get that to, like, fucking... So what I'm saying is, if you're loaded, maybe they had smaller cameras in 1950-something than we knew about. It's a possibility. That's, yeah, that certainly is, yeah. It maybe. is a possibility. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would certainly say they would be at least ten years ahead. Mm, they always are, aren't they? Yeah. Like the the army had GPS like donkey's years before. Yeah. Public had it. Well, this is 1956, and remember the Roswell crash was in 47. I've no doubt they were harvesting that alien tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Possibly. So Alan Dulles decides that you know I could put a camera fucking everywhere, but we could just put cameras in the sky with like that can move around. So we could just, you wouldn't need hundreds, like, hidden everywhere. If you've got a, a flying camera, that would be a yeah. great idea. It and is a great idea. Point. Eisenhower approved the initial idea to ask him to return when he had figured out how to make it possible. It is believed the initial plan for killing all the birds and replacing them with flying cameras was thought up in one weekend in May of 1956. Dulles and his team hated birds with a passion and were heard on many occasions calling them flying slugs and the scum of the skies. Um, Maybe because they poo on their cars. I was going to say, I heard that in my research, that one of the main reasons this guy had a, a bee in his bonnet about the birds was that they kept shitting on his on his motor. Yeah. Yeah, you that's know, pretty much what it boils down to. I find that plausible. If I was in the CIA, high level, I would dedicate government money and time and resources <laughs> to personal vendettas that were batshit insane because I could. Well, you'd wipe out the uh, seagulls for starters, wouldn't you? They took my fucking sausage when I was very small. Little bastards. They'd be the first to go. Yeah, big horrible twats. So I'm just saying, it's plausible. to me, it's plausible. Rogue agent abuses power to wipe out pigeons because they keep shitting on his motor. But we're, skip, we're skipping ahead in the story. Sorry. We're skipping ahead. Yeah. Apparently, though, that was one of the driving forces that led Dulles to not only implement robots into the sky, but actually replace birds in the process. They did not need to kill all of the birds and could have launched a quarter of the robot birds they did. But the pigeons in DC at the time were absolutely ruthless, eating a lot, breeding people. American morale was high. They're in the, they're in the boom after the Second World War. They're feeding pigeons on the streets because they just, fuck it, let's feed pigeons. 
Mm. Life's grey. This in turn created huge amounts of pigeon shit. Mm. Of course, and that then led to many men and women hating pigeons, but all birds. And in a stolen transcript from an ex-CIA deputy, it says, the higher-ups are so annoyed the birds have been dropping fecal matter on their car windows that they vote to wipe out every single flying feathered creature in North America. <laughs> it's a bit extreme, isn't it? Do you know what I was just about to say, Mike? It's a very typically American response. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Go to war with the birds. <laughs> oh, the war on pigeon shit. It's never it's a forever war. Turn it to glass. <laughs> I say nuke the site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. No, we can't nuke the pigeons. General, sit down. <laughs> well, Trump wanted to nuke a hurricane. <laughs> I know it's a ball ache. Getting your car washed a couple <laughs> of times a week. But nukes are expensive and people get upset about them. I had it with these motherfucking pigeons. <laughs> well, instead of going nuclear... They decide instead, though, to go chemical, don't they? Yes, we'll, we'll get to that shortly. In the meeting, they sought to kill the two birds with one stone, literally, yes. uh, replace these birds with billions of sophisticated robot lookalikes capable of mimicking real birds in every way. This would be the greatest surveillance system ever imagined. What year was this? 1953, 1956, that. How advanced were robotics back then? Well, as you said, they're 10 years ahead of us. How advanced were robotics in the 60s? I'd imagine virtually non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, barring, like, stuff that NASA was doing, like robotic arms to put stuff in places and things like that. I don't know. Uh, well, there was assemblies, plants, weren't there? There were robots assembling cars and things in the 50s, surely. Uh, I wouldn't go that far back. Maybe the late 60s, 70s, maybe... Uh, um, I'll have a look. Between 1959 and 1971, they um, wiped out over 12 billion birds. Fucking hell, mm -hmm. birdicide. But that's yeah. probably even only a, a. There's probably even more birds than that, though. I mean, cats probably kill almost that many. But still, <laughs> it's a lot of birds. Don't get me wrong, it's a lot of birds, but it's not all of them, I don't think. But most. Yeah. But why. See, what's confusing is why replace all the birds and making it more complicated for themselves? Why not? I thought, before I got into it, I thought it was just pigeons. No, it's all of them. They're just crapping on cars. They just don't like birds. Well, and of course, then they're going to replace them with spying birds that can spy on all the people. So, like you said, they killed two birds with one stone in it. Yeah. Robotic birds don't eat a shit. That's true, but what in that scenario, then, why is there still bird shit everywhere? <laughs> well, if you're going to replace all the birds with robotic imposters, surely you're going to have to build in some sort of fake shitting procedure, because if you saw a fucking, like, 60 pigeons hung around in a, in a square in town somewhere, and there were no shit, you'd think, well, that's strange. That's true. I yeah. don't think those birds are real. <laughs> I've not seen one shit all day. No, and, and it would be terrible for the, I don't know what, but the industry that creates those spikes that stop birds from sitting down places to stop them shitting, that industry would be destroyed. Yeah, uh, it would. Absolutely devastated. So you'd have to build into your fake Terminator bird some sort of, you know, like the Terminators, like they even sweat and stuff to make them look 
you yeah. know, they're that sophisticated. You, your birds, your robot birds would have to have some sort of liquid inside them, which could be excreted, you know, which again, I see you're defeating, if, if you've eradicated birds, <laughs> shit, you and replaced them with birds that do fake shit, I realise. <laughs> again, that's a very American. Yeah. Unless, Unless you program them not to yeah. shit on Alan Dulles's car. Uh, that's it. They can't shit uh, on CIA cars. Fucking hell. Yeah, because they fly towards them, they're repelled like magnets. The <laughs> <laughs> thing is, what if there's like a bird resistance and there's like like some birds got away and banded together and, you know, mm. do go and shit on his car? Well, they do say that birds of a feather flock together. Uh, it's all right. And they reprogram one of the one of the Terminator birds to be a good guy. Yeah, infiltrate the CIA. <laughs> go, go! I need to close your boots and your motorcycle. Go, go! <laughs> <laughs> uh, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Fucking birds talking to me. Fuck off! <laughs> That's probably one of your worst nightmares, isn't it? And, it, and, that, and then listen, I know it might sound mad, lads. This might make me look bad, but a bird did a shit the other day and I sniffed it and it smelled sweet, so I tasted it and I don't think it's real shit. <laughs> Let's just go back to the start of that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> this might make me sound a bit mad, but yeah. I was licking bird shit and it didn't taste right. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I tasted it and it didn't taste real. I don't think they're real. <laughs> it tasted like corn syrup. <laughs> Well, I'm going to leave all that research to you. Yeah, until they've been done. <laughs> the bird, the bird shit whisperer. <laughs> I've been out licking bird shit all morning. No, I've been... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which obviously, you know, in a busy town centre during a pandemic, went down fabulously well. <laughs> <laughs> At least you weren't licking the door handles. Oh, I didn't tell you where I was licking the bird shit from. Uh. <laughs> Get a mask on, you dirty bastard. <laughs> my concerns. <laughs> the birds aren't real. Taste this shit. <laughs> oh, <I'm> syrup. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> anyway, back, back, back to the website. Yeah. <laughs> right, Alan Dulles met on May the 6th, 1957, met with an unidentified man from the Boeing Airplane Company and ordered 120 B-52 bombers. Where they And they were built in Area 51. Bit extreme, isn't it? Yeah, well, apparently that way, the citizens of Seattle, where Boeing was headquartered, wouldn't be able to claim the bombers had been built nearby if the government was exposed. Yeah, like, but they're dropping bombs on birds. They're not dropping uh, bombs not on bombs. birds. Not bombs. They, they remember the general got taught down. <laughs> Twenty-three engineers went to Area Fifty-One, apparently to build these things or to finish the building of them. Designing, actually, more than anything, the, the B fifty-two B. The B stands for bird or barrack. <laughs> It was a brand new model, and it had 450-gallon water tanks in place of the bomb compartments. <laughs> the water tanks were hard to design. One of the engineers almost gave up, but Dulles hit him over the head with a 40-pound wrench to try and knock some sense into him. 
this unintentionally put the man into a coma to which he never awoke. Oh, so the fuck me. 21 engineers vote to finish designing their airplanes so they could leave for good. This guy's tends a psychopath. Uh, getting hit with 40 pound lump hammers tends to put you in a coma. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> what did he expect? Oh, this will speed him up. Oh, shit, there's blood coming out of his ears. <laughs> He's convulsing. <laughs> he appears to have severe brain damage. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Once the water tanks were fitted into each bomber, a complex system of radar and tracking technology was installed to the nose of the aircraft. This technology was extremely advanced for its time and was used by the crew to track large flocks of birds from distances of 200 miles away. Mm. Once the radar was fitted, five coats of jet black matte paint were sprayed onto every surface of the plane. I hope they didn't do the windows. <laughs> this was done to camouflage the aircraft against the night sky. They also removed every single external strobe, beacon and landing light. And even the engines were fitted with noise reduction pads so they could fly completely silently at altitudes of 3,000 feet or higher. Uh-huh. So after two years, it's taken two years to build these bombers. And what do you think happened to the guys that built them? Got married, had kids, settled down, lived lovely, happy, long lives. No, Dulles sent them to the front line in Vietnam. Ah. Um, <laughs> they were I think it did Yeah, they didn't come back, I thought yeah. so, yeah. Good way. Of, I bet a lot of people disappeared that way in the 70s. When was the Vietnam War? 60s. And 70s. Three to 71, I think. 75, wasn't it? Oh, well, there was American involvement. Yeah, maybe. Well, I bet you during that time, America got rid of a lot of people by doing it that way. Oh, that they didn't want, yeah. Send them to Vietnam. Off you go. Off you go. Or just like people that they killed on their own soil, they'd just be like, oh, MIA. <laughs> MIA over there because there's fucking thousands of people that didn't come back in there. Yeah. Isn't there rumors that there's still like POWs over there? Yeah, right? apparently P-O-W. so, yeah. Oh, there's a movie in that, surely. Well, yeah, they did it in Rambo 2. Yeah, but I mean, going back now to like rescue these guys that have been there for like fucking 30, I can't do maths, since 1970, whatever. 50 years. Yeah, they'd be like. Seventy-year-olds, like <laughs> but they'd be really grateful that they get to have, you know, three years if they survive the flight home. Three years of freedom in good old America, where everything's gone to hell, world. <laughs> Take me back to Vietnam. <laughs> I was happier in the bamboo cage. <laughs> a purple-haired man boy just called me a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> You may be wondering how the birds were killed. Yes, please tell Um, us. The water tanks in the bombers are filled with a specially formulated bird poison that once consumed would give the bird a virus that could be passed on to other birds. The poison was sprayed from an altitude of 8,000 feet and would completely dissolve before it hit the ground, which meant that only birds would be affected by this terror. And once a single drop of the poison struck the bird's feathers, the virus would take hold through the fibres and make its way to the bloodstream which would then affect the bone structure in such a way that total decomposition of the birds would take place within 24 hours. Oh, fuck it. I was about to say, where's the dead bodies of birds? Yeah. Isn't it? yeah, I was going to say that. So that's very convenient. Yeah. That's very ingenious, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. What a, what a clever, programmable, intelligent virus. That's from Red Dwarf, isn't it? Programmable viruses. I believe it is. What if it mutates and decides that it's going to eat other things other than birds? <laughs> well, I don't think well, Alan Dulles really cares about that, Mike. Do the birds have to be in the sky, though? Because if they're chilling out on the ground and down at Earth man level, then this stuff will have already dissolved, wouldn't it? So some of them must... There must still be some living birds out there that survived. Yeah, and like you said, they've, they've probably banded together in some sort of rebellion. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. But once, the, 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 once only a drop of that liquid gets onto a bird's feathers, they can spread that onto other birds. So they might be flying, coming down. They've got, like, 24 hours. Shit, yeah, and they infect their friends. A bit like Corona. Yeah. A bit like the Rona. There's a story in that, isn't there? Maybe we could start a counter movement, like believe the real birds or something like. You know what I mean? We we need to be on the bird rebellion, the side of the real birds, before they're, you know, exterminated. I'm surprised to hear you joining the real bird side. Oh, mate, come on! If it was Star Wars, you're telling me you'd join the Empire and not the. <laughs> oh fuck no! Exactly. So we can't join the empire of robot birds. If we're going to help anyone, we've got to be allies to the rebellion. I want organic birds. You know I love a robot. I love a robot, me. But <laughs> only, fiction, only in fiction and games and things. I don't want them in real life. I get nervous about it. You know I do. So <laughs> the idea of robot birds, creepy little bastards as they are. Oh, shit. Here's an idea. Maybe a chink in the story. I'm not saying that it's that there's holes in this story so far. <laughs> I was going to say it's pretty airtight so far. Yeah, very airtight. Two of the three of us are cat owners. Yeah. You've seen cats bring home ripped open birds. I have. You didn't see any any mechanical innards, did you? I didn't. Unless they are, as Arnold would describe it, an endoskeleton covered in living human flesh basically today you know flesh them out so, okay but, i can buy that perhaps the casual cat owner won't be able to tell the difference but what about a vet mm. surely yeah, they would be able to tell if there was something ah, mechanical ah, well, the prototypes might have been more mechanical back in the 50s but <laughs> they could have like bio robots they had like rubber feathers easy to spot exactly now they're like virtually <laughs> indistinguishable, even on the inside they had red eyes, rubber feathers, really. Easy to yeah. <laughs> okay, but why wasn't there a load of vets in the fifties coming out saying, "Hang on a minute, these birds—they're not alive." Mike, Mike <laughs> I'm going to tell you one name: Gary Webb. Oh, what happens when you speak out against the CIA and their little? That's it, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and all he was doing, Gary Webb, all he was trying to tell everyone was that the CIA were just. <laughs> you know, selling cocaine to the streets. Uh, he wasn't uncovering a mass genocide of the birds in order to protect one guy's car from bird shit. It's true. That's huge. It's probably a list of dead vets the length of your leg. <laughs> I bet the veterinarians that did speak out about it were sent to Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm just> a... <laughs> you're going to be a vet if you're lucky. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. they never came back. They never came back. But... Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I'm a vet. You wish. <laughs> Get out <laughs> Well, then surely people would notice when they take, when they take their dogs to the vet, suddenly 95% of the vets in the country are gone. Stop picking holes in it. 
Now you just take enough so there's not a major shortage just to send a message. Yeah, that's why I don't think I don't think it's all the birds. I think that's an exaggeration. I just think it's a, a good percentage of the birds. Because I mean you don't take your pet pigeon in, do you? I mean, maybe it didn't replace like the pet birds in cages, just the pest birds, the vermin, you know, your pigeons of this world. Because you don't take pigeons to the vet, do you? You just stamp on them. I mean, uh, you just put them in the bin. <laughs> I mean... Uh... <laughs> no, you wouldn't take a pigeon to the vet unless it was like a racing pigeon, would you? Mm. No, a racist pigeon. Look at the... Coo- <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> a racing pigeon. But there's more, Ben. We're not even at the end yet, are we? No, no, no. I mean, it should be pointed out that Kennedy was against this and that's why he was assassinated by the CIA. <laughs> He was um, such a good bloke. He was the first and only president to stand up against the murder of the birds. Every single <laughs> president we've had has turned a blind eye to the atrocities. He was a true, truly good man, wasn't he, Kennedy? He had a good heart. He did, and he, he loved a bird. He did. He, he did. Certainly did. He loved a bird or two. This is why the CIA started rigging elections. They would only allow candidates who were anti-bird and pro-citizen <laughs> surveillance to win the presidency. <laughs> Well, yeah, because think about it. If you're against this scheme, you're against the surveillance of the populace, of the populace, aren't you? You're against America, girls. Yeah, of course you are. Fucking goddamn un-American if you don't want pigeons listening to people. (laughs) You don't want robot birds inside your house surveilling you constantly. You're un-American. You you might as well live in goddamn China. Know, every every red-blooded American patriot wants a robot bird spying yes. on them. We have to have surveillance on every corner of every street and every city so we can protect you <laughs> from China. Yeah, exactly. It should point out that on the website here, because if, if this is affecting you, you can email their counselling department support at birdsaren'treal.com and they will walk you through the steps to mentally overcome this nightmare. <laughs> oh, fuck. Very good of them. It is. It is. Yeah. Now, on uh, the 2nd of January, uh, July, sorry, 1964, there was a secret meeting held in the uh, Jefferson Building, Washington, D.C. There was a six-minute recording uncovered of this meeting in the basement of an isolated storage warehouse by one of the Birds Aren't Real Patriots. It's believed that members of the CIA and Operation Water the Country, WTC for short. What else does WTC stand for? World Trade Center. Yeah. (laughs) They discussed the need for a heavy amount of um, bauxite, an amorphous clay rock that is the chief commercial core of aluminium. This is essential to the process of robot construction, of the birds as aluminium make up roughly every facet of its frame and internal structure. The recording says, you can clearly hear one of them say, we need a quick solution to this problem. The production team needs this material right now. Uh, Real birds have been disappearing for almost two years now, and if we don't start replacing them in mass quantities, people will notice we need a solution in 30 days. Now, buckle up. Buckle up. Because... (laughs) This is why the Gulf of Tonkin incident happened, an excuse for the United States to get into the Vietnam to escalate the war, because why? They have massive amounts of this ore so the CIA could make these robot birds. Uh, they had to be there for some reason, didn't they? 
That's it, it makes more sense than the real reason, isn't it? What was the real reason for Vietnam? Well, Spread of communism. Fight communism. Oh, yeah. Dirty commies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey, you've got kids down mines so we can have smartphones. So this maybe, is true. maybe you had soldiers yeah. down mines in Vietnam so they could have robot surveillance drones disguised as birds. Yep, apparently this is how the process went. The US soldiers were told to advance into an area of North Vietnam where they could, quote, fight communism the best. Uh, <laughs> they were actually capturing areas that had enormous quantities of bauxite ore. Once they captured it, dozens of excavators were deployed to dig into the deposit, dump the bauxite into trucks that would then travel a distance of up to 26 hours through enemy territories to the Cam Ran base, a military port located in South Vietnam. The bauxite ore was then loaded onto a cargo ship that would deliver it to an unidentified port on the east coast of the United States. From there, the ore will be transported to the hundreds of facilities that constructed the robot birds. Well, yeah, as you say, it's a massive manufacturing operation, isn't it? Yeah. Billions of, of little robots. I mean, are there a billion iPhones on the planet, do you think? It's got to be up there. Ooh, Probably. Yeah. Uh, now, these facilities are believed to be located within many of the government fallout shelters and ammunition bunkers. Although one of the more modern facilities is located underneath the Denver International Airport. Oh, bloody Fucking hell. That's made an appearance as well, has it? Yeah. Connect the dots. <laughs> Follow the... <laughs> Birds. <laughs> follow the ore. Yeah, follow the minerals. Uh, these facilities were so massive that hundreds of workers could fit inside and construct up to 5,000 robot birds per day. Wow. That's impressive. It is. Where did they get the workforce from? Well... How did the government get thousands of people to build these birds? And where are they now? Why aren't they testifying in court to the atrocities that were forced to commit? They were forced to commit. Do they not remember building all these robot birds? This question has been debated for decades by many within the birds aren't real community. To sum it up, they're all tripping balls. Oh, God. Yes. Right, so the the, they were given doses of LSD, pushed into a big warehouse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and told to make robotic birds. Fuck me, that's a hell of a trip, isn't it? Uh, well, apparently, the government would send individuals to local nightclubs and bars who would then scope out a candidate who looked like they could assemble a robot bird. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and what are the qualities they're looking for, exactly? I don't know. That's why it's classified, I guess. But they look at someone going, I reckon he could make a robot bird. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's get him. Um, they would tell the person they're having a costume party on acid. It was the 60s and 70s where acid was more accepted than bottled water. These people were then given work overalls, i.e. their costume, and a small tab of acid, which was actually just a piece of coloured paper. The acid trip they expected was actually the bus ride to the entrance of the bunker where they were given a toolbox and a pair of headphones that played Pink Floyd non-stop. <laughs> this guy's a genius. <laughs> this combination of assembling a robot bird inside a five-story government fallout bunker led them to believe they were the on the most insane trip of their life. 
you imagine support groups in the future? You know, people who have had bad experiences and asked him that, you know, oh, fuck oh, me. I remember once I was in this fucking factory, they gave me some overalls, pushed me in, build all these robotic birds. <laughs> oh, fuck me, I had the same experience. I'm me, oh, Jesus. <laughs> fuck me. He had me up until this bit. <laughs> the problem was is they still weren't keeping up with demand it's been over 10 <laughs> years since the operation had begun in 1973 they'd only managed to replace 26% of the bird population who would have thunk it a hiring policy of kidnapping hippies <laughs> <laughs> forcing them to take acid and work in giant factories wouldn't bear fruit Who'd have thought it? Ah. So at this point, there's a guy called William Colby in charge of the CIA. And the year is 1973. One of the men Colby fired because he wanted to get he wanted to hire more men and women to get the job done faster. Turns out they weren't very good. The man who shall remain nameless, who was one of the first fired, showed up on the doorstep of Clark Griffin, a young teenager from San Francisco, who had been an outspoken activist during the tail end of the Vietnam War. And now all that the war, now the war had ended, and all of the bauxite was extracted. The guy knew that Clark would now need to cause another cause to campaign. Apparently, they call this guy the Master. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no one knew his name. <laughs> he quickly formed a team from the original members of his pro-peace anti-war campaign, and tasked them with travelling to various college campuses across the United States, and standing on street corners in amphitheaters. And in those campuses, preaching the feathered gospel and awakening many students, quickly forming a huge activist base. Wow. Yeah. 2,000 people attending a rally on their campuses. Those are the days. Fantastic. Sadly, no one has heard from the master for many, many years. (laughs) They looked in Vietnam. No, no, he disappeared. No, so Clark Griffin disappeared during the 91 rally, uh, last seen holding a sign and marching up Market Street in San Francisco. 91, they could have it's... sent him to Iraq. The Gulf War was on. Oh, that's true. They, I mean, they still might fuck people after Vietnam. We don't know, do we? <laughs> that's it. Just because there's not a war there, it could be their secret. I mean, we all go on about Guantanamo, but maybe they use, you know, maybe they just fuck you off to the jungle. Yeah, get you while you're sleeping, just a load of robotic birds break into your bedroom and camp onto you, flitter about and take out the window. Yeah, well. carry you off, carry you 10,000 miles to Vietnam. <laughs> you wake up in a bamboo cage in Vietnam. <laughs> Man, am I an acid? A bamboo cage surrounded by ears on spikes. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, though, they may not use this method of killing the birds soon because President Trump with his build the wall thing, mm. it was, he said, of course, keep out illegal immigrants, but this is false. The wall will actually be encapsulated with thousands of microwave guns that can track any bird entering the United States and shoot it with harsh microwaves to destroy the bird's ability to fly and kill it in a couple of hours. Well, wouldn't there be a footload of dead bird carcasses? <laughs> Yeah, the wood there. Those teams that reckon they're border agents are actually out there to clean up bird carcasses. Yeah, of course. Fake news, if you say any different. Mm. He didn't build the wall, did he? No. He built it a bit, 
and <laughs> most of it was just replacing existing border fence. Yeah, so. microwave guns. It cost time and money to put. <laughs> the wall just got ten feet higher. No, it didn't. <laughs> and don't so you all feel silly for believing him? <laughs> silly so what do you reckon, guys? Well, oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Probably, it's a, a work of art, this is, isn't it? It's almost like the Black Helicopters conspiracy. I was going to say, the issue is, I know the truth behind it, and that is, it's. I'll read you a little bit of an article, if that's all right. Well, I'm going to skip the beginning, because it just explains what the conspiracy is, basically what you've just said there, Ben. It seems extreme, but also somewhat fitting, given the landscape of today's social discourse. By surfacing murky bits of history... And the ubiquity of Aves, or Aves, I don't know. Birds aren't real, feeds into this era of post-truth politics. The campaign relies on internet-fueled guerrilla marketing to spread its message, manifesting through real-world posters and photoshopped propaganda tagged with the birds aren't real slogan. For much of its devoted fan base, birds aren't real is a respite from America's political divide. A joke so preposterous, both conservatives and liberals can laugh at it. But for a few followers... This movement is no more unbelievable than QAnon, a right-wing conspiracy theory turned marketing ploy that holds someone with high-level... Oh, we know what QAnon is. So birds aren't real. It's a digital breadcrumb trail that leads to a website that leads to a shop full of ready-to-buy merchandise. The creative muscle behind the avian-inspired conspiracy and thinly disguised marketing scheme is 20-year-old Peter McKindo, an English and philosophy major at the University of Memphis in Tennessee. McKindo first went live with his Birds Aren't Real in January 2017 at his city's Women's March. A video from the event shows McKindo with a crudely drawn sign heckling protesters with lines like, Birds are a myth! They're an illusion! They're a lie! Wake up, America! Wake up! The idea <laughs> of selling birds aren't real goods, he says, came after the stunt gained traction over Instagram. McKindo didn't break character once during a 30-minute long phone interview with this website he defended the movement's legitimacy <laughs> mainly by a uh, proselytizing about what birds aren't real isn't the thought that this could be used to make a satire of a dark and tense time in american culture i find those things to be baloney mckindo says <laughs> what isn't baloney is the attention birds aren't real has drawn on social media Thanks to an Instagram account with more than 50,000 followers, a YouTube page with more than 45,000 views, and a Twitter profile with nearly 8,500 followers, McKindo handles all these accounts and fulfills every order for Birds Aren't Real goods he sells online. He declined to comment on how much money he's made off the T-shirts, hats and stickers, many of which are out of stock. Exploiting conspiracists for profit is nothing new says Mike Meltzer, a social media influencer and viral content creator on Instagram. Amazon sells dozens of styles of QAnon t-shirts that have become a fixture at Make America Great Again rallies around the country. What's different is that while many QAnon believers wear their shirts in earnest, most Birds Aren't Real fans seem to wear theirs to be ironic and on trend. Birds Aren't Real is taking advantage of the memification of previous conspiracy theories, Meltzer says. People really want to believe in conspiracies, but more than that, people want to make fun of people who believe in conspiracies even more. Starting a conspiracy theory and selling birds aren't real merchandise allows them to sell to both sides, Meltzer says. Which therein, to me, is the genius of this entire thing, is for some nutters who think this could be real, it's great. But for mm. everyone else, 
it's a bit of a laugh. Like, for example, if you saw an unwashed, or, or no, no, a right-wing fucking gun-toting zealot who lives in the woods wearing a birds aren't real T-shirt, you might think to yourself, he might believe that. But, <laughs> yeah, that bitch. But like, but like, if my brother, who's like, you know, um, a working middle-class mechanic, like, you know, normal as normal as you could possibly, be. if I saw him wearing one, I think, oh, he's taking the piss. Yeah. Or he's gone down a conspiracy rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it could be that. <laughs> it's perfect. It's like that guy just said, the perfect, he's selling to both sides. He's come up with the most yeah. it's genius. It's so absurd that it becomes satire, isn't it? Yeah, and I like that he's stayed in character and stuff <laughs> in the interviews and that. I like that commitment. It's a bit like a performance art piece. I think that's how yeah. it started. He was trolling people at the Women's March, basically, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, You've all got mad. Like, you're all mad with your little signs and your fucking things. Like, see if you notice this one. Birds aren't real. So, unfortunately, <laughs> we know it's not real. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I will say is I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that, that maybe, maybe not billions, but that the government have one or two surveillance-type birds things that look like animals that are surveillance things. I don't think that's beyond the realm of having, like, one that you deploy for special, like... You know what I mean? I'd like to see, like, a CIA hummingbird. Something like that. Maybe they have got a fake pigeon that records some... I don't know. That like, I don't believe that they replaced all of them. <laughs> well, I've seen something where they designed some, like, little insect with a microphone, some little robot insect drone yeah. thing. Hey. Just sort of buzzes into a like a, an air conditioning vent and it'll sit there and listen to what's going on in the room. That's cool. Spider Man's got one of them in the computer game. But anyway, like, it, but imagine what a wonderful tool it would be. Because if you're having some sort of illegal meeting, some real bad criminal shit, whatever it is, whether you're in the city or out in the open, mm. a bird flying overhead is not going to draw your like suspicion at all, is it? It's a bird. If it's yeah. a realistic looking, moves like a bird. What a useful tool to just have one of them circling around or flying over a couple of times and taking photos and yeah, I think a fly would be better. Oh yeah, that'd be even more useful, wouldn't it? But then yeah, conspicuous, isn't it? You'd get annoyed with people swatting it though, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> mm, fuck off! Fuck that! That's two billion quid that cost. <laughs> well, we I just fucking sprayed it with a fucking zappo. Bug. Zap. Imagine a two million pound surveillance fly and he gets one of them electrified fucking bat things that they have. For <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> this, anyway, hats off to Makindo. Good on him. Have you seen an interview? I watched a very quick interview with him on, uh, on he was on some American news show. Oh, it was amazing. No, I've he heard his like, voice, but and what's he look like? like? So is this satire? And he's like, no, this is real. And she's like, well, you told us it was. He's like, I didn't say that. So what you're on about? <laughs> why are you uh, why are you mocking me? Why 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 isn't this as, as just as realistic as the fact that birds are real? Yeah, <laughs> that's such yeah. a good philosophical argument. Yeah. <laughs> because you're so, treating my argument with contempt. Why? Yeah, our fairy must have been like joking about with him, and then as soon as he came on air, went into character, and was like, no, I never told you that. Apparently, you know, Andrew Neil, you know who he is. Yeah. For the listener, he's a 
host of a politics show in the UK. When Alex Jones was on and had his like rant, yeah. Andrew Neil said that like the second the red light went off the camera, he was just like like went from screaming to like, oh great gentlemen, that was really great. Uh, thank you for having me, right? See you again. Yeah, thanks. And was just you know, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Like, just complete act. It's all just turned on like, but yeah. Yeah. Fucking lunatic. Did you watch Mike? Did you see in that that fucking it was wonderful man you, i'll have to if you didn't watch the whole thing then i have to try and find a clip of it but that documentary about um the rise of like pepe the frog the meme yes did it mate yeah it was good oh, yeah. Did, did you see it had some court footage right but it wasn't in an actual court you know sometimes you mm. have to do like go and talk to a lawyer at a remote location they set up yeah. the camera and like it was alex was being sued for because he'd used somebody's artwork or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and they had the bits of footage of him in between, like, being questioned by the lawyer, and he was like, ah, God, shoulders are aching. I worked out this morning. <laughs> oh, my fucking God, he can't help, he just fucking can't help himself. No. <laughs> He's, like, looking at his guns, going to the lawyer, like, yeah, I worked out this morning. Like, oh, no one gives a fuck, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. There, sorry. Oh fucking hell! Well, I'm down for it. So you you don't think birds? Do you think birds are real? No, I, I think that some birds are still real. I think that the CIA do have robotic birds, like you say. I think that there's maybe a few. Maybe there's more than a few. Maybe you know, like a little squadron of them in each city. Yeah, That'd be very useful. Well, the only way to know for sure is every time you see a pigeon. Kick his fucking teeth in. <laughs> I don't think the British government could afford it. Because it might be a cyborg. No. That's the other thing, man. I mean, how much did this operation cost? Well, this is it. 26 bombers for a start. Well, that's yeah. You have to build the infrastructure to, you know, because not only did you need the people to construct the birds, you need the people to construct the place where you constructed the fucking birds. <laughs> 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 Huge operation, but... Good on you, Mr. McKindo. What a guy. That's and let's not forget the cost of the Vietnam War itself. Uh, the human not only in terms of lives, but in the billions <laughs> and billions of dollars spent on military hardware. Uh, no. <laughs> have you been watching uh, Cobra Kai? I have, mate, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just at uh, the Vietnam backstory now, episode four, I think. Oh, mate, I've I've binged it. No spoilers. It's fucking yeah. They managed to top the ending of last season. Wow. Uh, which I didn't. I was thinking, how are they going to do that? But anyway, if you just if you're wondering in the flashbacks, why does young Crease look a lot fucking like Crease? Yeah. It's because it's his son, his actual ah, son. No way. Yeah, I kept thinking, fuck me, man. They really cast this well. He's got like the same hairline and everything. And then yeah, anyway. Well, yeah, that... what I do love about that show is the way that it flips the movies. Mm, yes. So, like Johnny, uh, no, you know, he, he like, he's the bad guy in the movie. Oh, but if you look at it from his perspective, the Russo yeah. sold his missus and did an illegal move. Yeah, well, morning, look, and it's fucked his life. He, he peaked uh, at look. that point, and the character development I think has been phenomenal with the whole show. It's been brilliant. Yeah, I'm really excited, and there's karate. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Have you been watching it, mate? No, it's on my list, mate. I'm getting to it. I think you'd like it. It's a bit yeah. like someone pointed out to me today. This might sound daft, but it's a lot like Star Wars, but for martial arts. There's a lot oh, of like yeah. fathers, sons, mentors, dark side, mm. light side, changing yeah. of allegiances. 
Well, from my point of view, the Jedi are wrong. <laughs> Hang on. No! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming back, did, did you watch the fucking Mandalorian? Yes. I watched the first season, yeah. Oh, the end. Fucking hell, Mike. Jesus Christ, you've got to get to the end of season two. I had a religious experience. <laughs> mm. It can only be described as... Well, basically, to be fair... Chris Jones texted me in the morning and said, have you watched it yet? I said, no. He goes, stay off of Twitter, stay off of Facebook, get home, and you're going to have a religious experience. So I was like, ah, because I'd already kind of guessed. I'd guessed a couple of weeks before in messages to Chris, but then I was like, they won't do it, though. I I was basically saying, how amazing would it be? Because some, oh, shit, Mike, you haven't watched. No. We'll do this another time. I won't spoil it for you. But, yeah, they did it. They've single-handedly, single-handedly saved Star Wars in like a ten-minute sequence. Cool, man. Look forward to it. Yeah, we. Weird news to finish on then. Yeah. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Reindeer stalked by 10-foot beast as hunters spot herd fleeing scary flesh-hungry creature. <laughs> wow. Inuit people claim to have seen several reindeer galloping away from a dark-coloured predator on Alaska's north slope. Some believe it to be the mythical Tornit, a.k.a. the Alaskan Bushman, i.e. Bigfoot, but taller. Uh, a terrifying flesh-hungry beast standing 10-foot tall. Is said to hunt reindeer in America's northernmost wilderness. A dark-coloured fiend which leaves human-like footprints has reportedly been seen by Inuit people chasing the animals in Alaska. It's very fond of reindeer meat, apparently. But he's a ten-foot-tall, black, brown, or greyish, and leaves behind large human-like footprints. Well, we've had ten-foot creatures on the earth before. That's true. Gigantopithecus. That's the one. So maybe uh, I'm going with Bigfoot. Apparently it might be a polar bear which has lost its fur, but I'm still going for Bigfoot. Hey, can you hear me, guys? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, don't th- I think I accidentally left the call. <laughs> I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. No, I couldn't hear you at all, mate. <laughs> oh, so I, I'm here now. I was trying to say, so it's like Bigfoot but taller, did you say? Yes. So it should be, like, very Bigfoot. It's super Bigfoot. <laughs> What what word what words next up from big, large, gigantic, gigantic? It's not quite gigantic. Though. It's, no. it's bigger than a gigantopithecus. Yeah, large foot. Large foot. Okay, big foot, large foot, massive yeah. foot. Massive foot, mahoosive foot. Fuck <laughs> off, huge foot. Anyway, wouldn't want to run into the cunt down a dark alley. No. Or a well lit one, for that matter. <laughs> I mean, that would depend if he's. Gonna be a bit broy with you. You don't know. That's saying you wouldn't want to meet him down a dark alley. Well, if he's gonna bat you, it doesn't matter if the lights on or not, does it? He's still <laughs> the yeah, lights. The question of whether the lights on is academic or not, really. <laughs> the lights on, so I've suddenly gained kung fu skills. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's so you don't see him in in terror and shit yourself before he kills you. Well, that yeah. just adds to the uh, humiliation. <laughs> uh, so no at least in the dark, you won't see it coming. No. And did, did I hear you say it eats reindeers? 
or yes. did I make that bit of uh, eats reindeers? I did hear that, right? Because they're big. They are, aren't they? I've seen them in real life. They're massive. We went last some last winter to somewhere near Shrewsbury, Attingham Park, to look at the reindeers. They're fucking massive. How tall are they, guys? I'm not going to guess, but they're pretty big. Five like, feet. Antlers. Six <laughs> feet. Nah, not that tall. But like, <laughs> okay, I don't know. I'm just asking. You could probably. I would say, like, the size of an Irish wolfhound, but with giant antlers on it. Right. Not than an Irish wolfhound. A meteor. What I'm saying is, anything that feasts on reindeers <laughs> is to be avoided. <laughs> yeah, but what if it sort of sees us and goes, oh, you know what, they're, they're like us, but smaller. That's less like me, but smaller. I'll be bro with it. And then you've got a, a Bigfoot sidekick. How do we treat monkeys, Ben? Well, I've treated them quite well, to be honest. Yeah, we, we do experiments on them. We, well, humanity as a whole, yeah. We destroy their habitat. Yeah. We make them extinct. Yeah, but I'm not doing any of that. No, not yeah. you personally, but what I'm saying is the idea that this thing is going to look <laughs> at us, his little monkey brother, and be like, oh, I'll be its mate. You mean the word you're looking for is pet. <laughs> Yeah, when it goes to pet you, it just crushes your skull. It's like 10 feet. <laughs> Look, all I want is a Bigfoot sidekick. Don't we all? You know, I don't think it's too much to ask for. So he can lean his head out the window and pretend to be a fire engine. Yeah, why not? Oh, they missed well, a trick in that movie. If I was one of the kids in that movie, I'd have took him to school with me and got him to rip the arms off the bullies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so would I, to be fair. Fucking too right. <laughs> yeah, if I had a big foot mate, I'd be getting him to do a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, but you can only get it done once, couldn't you? Because then the police would just come around and shoot him. Oh, uh, that's true. It's basically <laughs> your own personal Chewbacca, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Would you buy a van and just travel around the country with him? What, like fucking Clint Eastwood and that monkey? Well, I was just thinking, buy a van, you call it the Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon. Oh, I, mean, I thought you were thinking, like, you know, right turn, Clyde. <laughs> you know, no, no. Well, you know, if Chewie's just, your Bigfoot's trying to fix the engine, and you're like, no, no, that bit goes so, there. I'd, I'd drive around getting beaten up in bare knuckle fist fights. While Bigfoot sits at the side and watches. <laughs> I think Bigfoot what would happen... If I made money from charging people to meet Bigfoot and having the bare knuckle. Bickering, <laughs> do you want a bare knuckle? No, 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 give me five quid, you can meet, big, you can meet Bigfoot, mate. <laughs> I think all that would happen would they would find an abandoned truck on the side of the road with a dead body inside it, mauled to death. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard, you've heard that audio, haven't you? I've never been able to listen to it, but, you know, from Grizzman, where the bears, that documentary, The Man Who Lives With The Bears, but they end up beating his girlfriend and then him. Fuck me, I've never heard of that. No, oh, not me. It's audio of it. It's called something like Grizzly Man, I think, or something along those lines. It's a real documentary. This guy, this crazy man, uh, went out and lived with the bears and, like, was you know, thought that they'd accepted him as one of them and, like, you know, he'd spend months out there with him and he had cameras filming all the time. And he took his bird out there with him one day and the bear just came in and, you know, apparently there's audio where you hear him saying, oh, yes, yes, he's eating her body now and I know I'm next. And, yeah. 
What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. All right, maybe this plan isn't the best. No. <laughs> All right, next one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mum says psychopath daughter four claims to have prison friend from 1900s. <laughs> Say that again. Psychopath or psychic? Psychopath. Mother claims psychopath daughter aged four. Yep. That's Claim- what it says. Yeah. She says her daughter's a psychopath and she claims to have a prison friend from the 1900s. No, that's I think she's... She confused hey? psychic with psychopath. No, she called her a psychopath. There's a video. What a it. mother. <laughs> I think I she was just joking, but... She better be. You can't <laughs> diagnose a four-year-old as, ah, he's a psycho. Give him a what? chance. He's fucking has a... Anyway, sorry, go on, read it. A <laughs> mum shared a four-year-old daughter's creepy story about a past life and a prison pal she imagined who just happened to really exist in the 1900s to make it extra weird. Joking that her daughter was a psychopath, ah. TikTok, yeah, TikTok user somebody explained that she was telling the little girl about her friend's new baby when the conversation quickly got spooky. Frederica <laughs> says, my friend just had a little girl and she called her Esther which is quite an unusual name, so I told my daughter. I said, oh, my friend's just had a little baby girl, it's Esther. She was about four at the time, and she responded straight away, oh, Esther Mervyn? <laughs> OK. I said, no, their name's not Mervyn. The youngster then insisted she had a pal called Esther Mervyn who was in prison for a while and lived really far away, terrifying her mum, who began to scour the internet for the name. Finally, after looking on Ancestry.com, Federica said she found an Esther Mervyn and, just like her daughter had claimed, lived very far away and was in prison in the 1900s. Right. (laughs) 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 Laughing, the mum says she questioned her daughter about her prison pal, how they met, and the four-year-old casually replied, oh, it was a long time ago, she's dead now. All right, that's not creepy at all. (laughs) It was a long time ago. She's dead now. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be dead soon. I mean, it could all be bollocks and she's making up for attention, but there is that. Kids say some weird shit. Yeah, weird shit. That is weird shit, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, maybe. I think it's a bit of a stretch to go... Oh yeah, I used Ancestry.com and I found someone called Esther Mervin in the in the records, and it's like, well, yeah, but there's probably quite a few of them about in there. Yeah, that I bit's bullshit to me. <laughs> that bit's the bullshit bit because it's plausible to me that you say to a little kid, even a four-year-old, like, "Oh, uh, uh, Jenny's named her baby Esther." Oh, Esther Mervin, like she just comes up with a mad name, just like off the cuff like that. They're yeah. fucking super imaginative and creative. But I think the mum has twisted the story and gone, oh, wouldn't it have been creepy if that was a real name that she said then? So mm. I can imagine the kid going, oh, yeah, making up a character on the spot. I knew somebody called What's-His-Name and she was in prison. But the mum's gone, oh, imagine if it was a, if I actually found someone from the old times. And, oh, yeah. and then Because remember, for fuck's sake, I nearly sold a story to the fucking Daily Star. The, uh, Winston Churchill's ghost cost me my job. <laughs> <laughs> People make shit up. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. 
Yeah, I think it's more likely she just made it up for attention, to be fair. But... Well, that means... If you're putting it on TikTok, then you clearly just have to attention yourself. Well, there's that. There is that. And TikTok, man, it's like everyone's trying to get likes. It's all, you know, it's all, none of it's real, basically. You can't trust any of it. It's all designed. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Fuck them. Are you been on them? And finally. Oh, you've given me a doozy for my return. <laughs> this is from the aforementioned Daily Star. <laughs> the finest investigative reporting in the country. Uh, of course. As a broadcast journalist myself, I do obviously feel an affinity with the Daily Star for the sterling and imperative and imperative work that they do. So, the headline is, Illuminati created Santa to rake in cash and crush the Jesus story. Bonkers theory claims. Is it bonkers, though? I was going to say, it's a bit of editorialising in the headline, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Right. For most of us, Father Christmas is a chubby-bearded bloke bringing joy to the world over as he dumps presents down the chimneys at a speed defying the laws of physics. But for an eccentric and disparate bunch of conspiracy theorists, he's the embodiment of oppressive capitalism designed <laughs> to snatch cash from the poor. <laughs> I'm so on board with this. <laughs> and that's not all a particularly bizarre set of beliefs about the jolliest legend of them all holds that he's a satanic invention of the illuminati the illuminati pop up in countless conspiracy theories describing a sinister cabal of powerful people who exert their influence while remaining anonymous people claim to see their cinemas everywhere for dollar bills to rapper jay-z's hand gestures no 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 they don't claim to see them. He is doing Illuminati hand gestures. Yes, yes, he is. What the LA Weekly famously dubbed the satanic conspiracy theory doesn't just scrape the barrel. It breaks through their base. Oh. It posits that the group, which emerged in Bavaria in 1776, deliberately undermined the true message of Christmas by creating Santa. The theory points to the fact that his name is an anagram of Satan as to evidence his supposedly demonic, of his supposedly demonic purpose. Well, you could argue uh, he's a demon. And what is his purpose, Ben? His purpose is to dilute the Christian message of the festive season, which celebrates the birth of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Santa, they say, was conjured up to encourage present giving among the poor. By convincing kids to expect gifts every year on December 25th, parents are forced to part with their hard-earned dosh. The theory goes that this was designed to take capital away from those who need it, redirecting it to greedy corporations who churn out toys. I bet your cock's getting hard, isn't it? Mate? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm fully on board, mate. What do you mean Mike's writing a manifesto as we speak? <laughs> Believers say that when the Illuminati created their capitalist creature in one of their many smoke-filled lairs... They even left cheeky clues as to his diabolical character. We've already mentioned the similarity between Satan and Santa, but they also claim his red-coloured suit is a nod to the... Ah, but that's bollocks. It's not a nod to the devil, because Coca-Cola made his suit red. But maybe yeah, they are... but did they? Panic. Yeah. Are they a... mm. They're all in on it. Well, yeah, that's that's basically it. It's uh, worth pointing out that the, um, the devil used to be green in medieval art. Same as Santa Claus. He used to have well, a green suit. They both went red. That's a point. Well, Coca-Cola must have got to Satan too. And apparently Claws is the old English name for Hoof Claws. Oh. And goats and the devil. Well, I certainly think there's something to the fact that um, Santa's a bit of an evil prick. 
Because <laughs> poor people do bankrupt themselves and stress themselves to yeah. shit over giving fucking stuff to people. And think about a Christmas traditionally was to celebrate Jesus and to give to the poor and people who are less fortunate than you. Well, that's going to be completely overturned now, hasn't it? Mm. Well, yeah. So, yeah. It's not so much about uh, being nice to each other now, is it? The rampant commercialisation. I mean, there are still some remnants, I suppose. Like, I had a nice Christmas day because I was like, this is what it's about, just being getting the yeah. family together. And as we hadn't been together in, well, most of the, well, nearly a year. Yeah, and you uh, still give gifts to your loved ones, which is good. Mm. That's, you know, that's a nice thing. Well, nice. the Jesus Christ thing and the poor is completely at the bottom of the priorities now, isn't it? Mm. I want to go back to a traditional Christmas where we fucking rampage through the streets electing a king of fools, trashing the richest houses unless they give us food and drink. See, that sounds like fun. But it's just a bit boring, isn't it? Because, you know, I mean, like I said, new year, new me. I've come, you know, I don't want anarchy. I don't want, you know, I I want nice, stable government. Um... Are you in the wrong country, mate? Strong and stable government. Yeah, strong and stable. Those words were said to me emphatically by some fucking bin that I remember. Remember her? Yeah. Some some weird, like, dancing fucking bin. Dancing queen. Hell world. Welcome to hell world. It's been making me. Everyone's like, "Yeah, fuck 2020." So glad to say goodbye. Wake up, you fools! The first half of 2021's going to be a massive bag of shit as well. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> what are we going to be saying? Ah, oh, fucking 2020, 21. Fuck. Oh, In 2021, we... we'll be praying for 2020. <laughs> no, 2020. <laughs> Remember when we thought it was shit? Yeah. <laughs> now we got these giant rats that won't die. Oh, <laughs> Brexit, man. Oh, God. So much, so much to look forward to. Remember when they said if if Brexit goes tits up, we can have a rummage around the skip? Ah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. Well, I'm going to start capturing fucking birds and stripping them down and mining them for their parts. <laughs> Making money on the black market. <laughs> you start selling pigeon drones to the fucking Taliban. While the rest of us fight poison-resistant super rats in the tip trying to find the last scrap of pizza. <laughs> Remember to clap for the NHS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Goody, what's an NHS? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. <laughs> I'm sure we'll all be fine. Yeah, probably. It's just more fun to pretend everything's going to be shit. <laughs> you know, that way when it is shit, we'll just like, ah, see how the funny this was a while back. I say everything's going to probably going to be fine. I, I don't know what I'm basing that on. <laughs> just some... <laughs> Some sort of innate human optimism that stops me from swinging from a rope. I, I don't know. Mm. Self-defence mechanism. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I remember thinking in February, China's fucking miles away. Uh... <laughs> We're on an island. We'll be all right. Surely they'll close everything down and it won't get here. Mm-hmm. 
You'd think, though, as an island, we should be, like, quite good at quarantine. Just go, all right, everyone stop coming in. Yeah, I mean, New Zealand, lucky bastards living on an island. They managed it. If only we lived on an island and we could... If only we lived on an island with someone competent in charge. Shit. Although, to be fair, well done, New Zealand, but I'm sure I've said this before on the pod. It is the size of, like, one of my shits. <laughs> like, what, you can fit five million it, people on one of your shit. <laughs> well, come on, five, five million people is more than that. Birmingham, isn't it? I don't know. London, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like London, but not Birmingham. I don't yeah. maybe, Probably. maybe. I don't know. But you know, what I mean, like, it's like yes, it is an excellent achievement, mm. and we should all applaud them. But it is also like, right, if you had fucking a billion people, anyway, fuck, we fucked it up. We're shit. Thank you, yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. Hey, I seem to recall you saying in February that China should be ringed with nuclear fire to prevent the virus getting out. Nobody listened to me, did they? No, they didn't. Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly well, not. Well, I, I don't know if it's real or not. You don't know what's real, but I did see Twitter was going mad with pictures of, like, they're all out in the street. They had their masks on, but they're all partying their fucking heads off in Wuhan on New Year's Eve, and we're all locked indoors, so they, they've managed it without a vaccine. Or have they, did they just burn everyone who had it, though, in mass, mass graves? That's the thing with China. You won't ever know. <laughs> That's, true, That's it, yeah. it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how true it was, but I remember back in February, so long ago now, it's fucking depressing, isn't it? But yeah. I do remember reading something at the start about somebody using Google Maps to see, like, these, like, heat spikes out in the middle of nowhere and that they claimed were, like, mass burnings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you wouldn't put it past them. Well, no. No, I wouldn't. A billion They're Chinese. Practical people wrong. when it comes to shooting things. Yeah. But, yeah, they were all out. But were those were they out in the streets, though? And news? Do we actually know that for all those pictures from... Like, oh, no, they all had masks on, though, so it can't be an old picture. It could be just, like, 20 people, I mean, and they've just done it from an angle where it looks like there's loads. Mm. What have they done over there? Did they just just fucking fall on lockdown for like months on end and like like I said, burn everyone that actually? Yeah, had... they've got a very different uh, sort of ethos in China, haven't they? It's all about the collective rather than the individual. So uh, yeah, they all wore masks and and followed strict lockdown rules, didn't they? Unlike us here. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind sticking the mask on to go in the shop and that, but as soon as I'm out, I take it off and. It doesn't bother me, but some people are really adverse to it, and it's usually the people that should wear, should be wearing it. It's become... Cause, uh, my new job is, like, half warehousing and sort of half on a trade counter, like, serving people, and I'm sick of trying to tell... I've just given up. I don't bother. I've told my boss I am not paid enough money to be standing here arguing with people over a fucking mask. I'll ask them once. If they refuse, I'm not fucking arguing. I said, I've got mine on. So... You know, it's uh, but, it. yeah, people, people it's are your, very. It's not your job to police other people, is it? Uh, people are very silly about it. People, yeah, some people, not everyone, some people are very silly about it. But yeah, yeah. it's a minor I, inconvenience, isn't it? What's so weird though is because I have to wear it all day, I've got uh. so used to it, so fucking used to it, that sometimes I even manage to get all the way home. And not notice till I either go past a mirror or my housemate says, you've got your fucking mask on. Uh, it's so, it, no, and that's me. And I'm the sort of person who 
doesn't like doing things he doesn't want to do. But yeah, it's just it's just a fucking mask on your face, man. Just come on, and and you can mouth swear words. You can do all sorts. It's good. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna have a shock when I have to take it off, and I can no longer mouth fuck you. So like, <laughs> just, just say, talking to me like shit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I I had someone complain to me that they weren't going to wear a bondage muzzle. And it's like. No, it's a strip of cloth. It's not a ball it's, gag. No, and it's not, you know, you know me, fight the power, yeah, all that business. But come on, if I've said, I'm repeating myself now, but I've said this months ago on the pod and it still stands now. I want the tobacco and the beer. The beer is in the shop. In order for me to get in there without any shit or any trouble or upsetting anyone, I just have to put a little mask on and I can get the things I want. It's a very simple transaction. <laughs> yeah. So, in it, if you don't have to wear it all day, it's just a minor conven- inconvenience every other day or something. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's crazy to me how many builders and window fitters in this town are exempt, quote unquote. Mm. Can you put your mask on, please, mate? Oh, I'm exempt. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Another <laughs> one. Oh, <laughs> uh, the conspiracy guy that I mentioned earlier. I was in the office bit and I, was, I saw him walk into the shop and I was like, oh shit, I better go serve him. And I'd forgot to put my mask on. So he was like, wow, it's nice to see your face. Yes, mate. Fuck them. You don't have to wear it. It's not rules. It's not in your contract. You can fight them, mate. And I was like, oh God, I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he thinks he wants me to go on a foot. He wants me to go to London on a protest. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's how I feel about protests. <laughs> no, you should go. What you should do an undercover report. Oh God, uh, uh, it does make good. Oh, anyway, it, <laughs> like he says though, he's labelled as an anti-vaxxer, which is a dirty word. But doesn't he have a right as a human to question it and ask, you know? Can you do a bit more research? Or, do you know what I mean? Like, it does have a right to maybe go, why does instantly, why are you even like, yes, take it or anti-vaxxer? Do you know what I mean? Is it, really that bad? Is it really that bad to sit back and go, I'll give it six months, please? There's been plenty of well, things in history that, that have been allowed to happen. Uh, later have been found to cause cancer or whatever, you know, that roundup and things like that. Mm, yeah. Flamidamide they gave women in the seventies, which fucked up arms and legs up. That's yeah. where flamidamide. That's where the whole thing comes from, isn't it? Where the word comes from, yeah. Because we used so, to call stable people a derogatory term for them was flids, wasn't it? It was back in the day. There I'm is a history back. with this thing, isn't there? So. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, you know. Yeah, I'll have it. I'll take it. But like you said, Ben, I'll have to wait six months anyway. It's not as if I'll be fucking getting it any time soon. So I, you know, you got time to see what happens. Thing is, like, should the elderly get it first, or should they? There's no point in vaccinating Doris, who could pop off tomorrow. Why aren't they vaccinating the workforce? Mm, Key workers have been, mate. Key workers have been, haven't they? I'm a key worker. I haven't been. When the no. NHS are getting it. No, the real key workers, the NHS. That's what I was going to say. Not the <laughs> technically key workers like you and I were last time. The actual frontline workers, I suppose you'd call yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Well, still, I'd they certainly... can have it too, but Doris, who's 90, shouldn't have it. Well, my mum's my friend's mum, I saw it on Facebook, 
uh, an elderly lady in our town, Telford. She's having a jab the other day. It was on Facebook, so it's happening. Uh, yeah, it is, yeah, I, yeah. Thinking, I was like, well, why is my mum not getting it? Because I'd like my mum to get it. Because uh, my dad's quite vulnerable. Well, vexed, he's like in the extreme vulnerable category. So it'd be good if, uh, mm. yeah, if they could get it pretty soon. Or even if she gets it so that she hasn't got to worry about catching it and taking it home to him, basically. Anyway, oh, yeah. we're in lockdown again. That's why we're Skyping. We should say I would have liked my grand return to have been uh, in person, but I think it looks like it's going to be held off for another fuck knows how long now. So Yeah, so, we don't know. Yeah, something, uh, yeah could happen at the minute. I'd... We'll have to play it by ear, listener. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that the end of the show, gents? I think so. All right, thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. Don't drink the flavour aid. Don't join a cult, please. <laughs> How's it go? I've been Gaz. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you.